Good evening and welcome to the Grid Iron Grid Iron Crew podcast with exceptionally smooth delivery. Uh, an NFL podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. You are listening to and watching the Review Crew, and I am your host Brian, the conscience of Cleveland Online. Well, folks, it is week 15, and not only for many has it been the first week of your fantasy playoffs, it is also the wonderful festive time of the year where we get to enjoy lots of, lots of traditions come out at this time of the year. Things like, you know, winding down in your work as you build up towards the Christmas holidays, crappy Christmas films on the telly, and the Jets being removed from playoff contention. Um, so, it is time to get stuck into week 15, guys. Now, remember... Like, subscribe, follow us. You can find us on X, on uh, YouTube, on Instagram, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Now, as always, I am joined by by, by four fabulous crew members tonight, uh, up from my, my usual quantity of three. Now, first, he's had enough two weeks yet. We've been gentle with him. But now we don't actually know whether he's going to be miserable this week or not yet, because he doesn't know if it's going to be victory Tuesday or if somehow he's going to need a conscience losing to Seattle. Uh, it is Kev. How are you doing, mate? All right, right, Brian. I'm good, thanks, mate. I'm just just glad that the Eagles don't play to tonight. And <laughs> I don't have to be on here for a third week in a row losing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, nah, let's let's be positive. I'm sure we'll get back to winning ways tonight. Uh, well, hopefully. Hopefully, I missed the hurts. Is, uh, is ready to go, gets over whatever illness he's been battling for the last couple of days. And I, I dare say, if he is, sure, surely, surely, this week he turn it around. Um, now, he had a well-earned break last week, um, but sadly, his team took this week off. Uh, it is Gav, how are you doing, mate? Very well, it's good to, good to be back. Uh, and uh, yeah, a, a much-needed break in the, the fantasy playoffs for me this week because uh, it's not been uh, not been so good for the, the guys in the, the real world um, but yeah looking forward to, to talking about all things not giants this week excellent now so from one team that's taken a week off to another team that's taken the last fortnight off it is the cheesiest of cheese heads it is Liam how are you doing sir um, well I'm good another well fun funish weekend of football kind of ah. exclude a game but yeah grand I'm good now now, we're, we're moving on, actually, to, to, a, to a special guest. Somebody, lo- long-time listeners for the crew will remember seeing and hearing this man's dulcet tones in the past, but he's not been on in a wee while. Now, normally, normally, when somebody asks to come back on after a, a period of absence, it's after some momentous victory that they are looking to bask in the reflected glory of their NFL heroes. So why a Vikings fan has asked to come on this week is entirely beyond me. Uh, Shaney, how you doing, mate? Miserable. <laughs> this is like, we said it to Kev last week, we said it to you this week, mate, treat it as therapy. It's all okay. This is a safe space to be devastated. I know. I am um, uh, in the heat of the moment. I agreed to come back on this show and I will honour that now. But um, yeah, it's not been a fun weekend. Unlike Liam said, it, it sort of was. <laughs> See, at least at least Shaney gives us his unabashed honesty, the fact that it's been utterly miserable. Um, but that's yes, that is our panel for this evening, folks. So, as always, we will get going with our kick off question to warm things up. Now, since we were talking about the rights, uh, we're going to keep talking about the rights. Well, no, actually, that's a lie, but not. We're going to talk about the Bengals. Now, some of you may have seen the clip circulating of Bengals backup quarterback. Yes, that's right, Shane. It was a backup quarterback that beat you. 
Jake Browning uh, telling telling the Vikings organization that they should have never fucking cut him. And hi, it's hard to argue with when a, when a man puts you to the sword like that. Now, we'll talk more about the actual game later because I'm not letting Shaney off the hook since he's back with us. Um, but the question to get us going this week is who is that player that your team should have never gotten rid of? Now, it could be somebody that you, you traded away. It could be somebody that you maybe passed over in the draft. So somebody that was with your team and moved on that or never wound up coming to you even though you had the chance that you utterly regret and you wish your team had, had fixed it. Now, I'm going to scoot in first because it's going to be dead, dead easy and predictable. Baker, come home. Uh, that does me, and I'm not going to jibber about Baker all week, I promise, because we'll save talking about Baker for later in the show. Um, so, to kick us off with this one, Kev, who is the who is that player that you either wish your team had picked up or you, they traded away and you really wish they'd stayed another day? Um, I'm going to say Bernard Williams. Ooh. I don't know if any of you guys know who that is. No. Nope. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, and by the way, I'm joking. Uh, Bernard Williams is the the 51 year old offensive tackle that the Eagles just cut this year. Um, oh. He's been on the roster for 29 years without playing, um, and I think <laughs> I think you only uh, gave him one snap, Rudy. <laughs> it was a, it's obviously some sort of administrative error. They've never cut him, and he's been on the roster this whole time. Um, and somebody realised it this year and cut him. Um, but no, that, that that's not, that's not really who I'm saying. Um, I hope he's been getting wages. I, that would be the best if he was getting paid, but I don't think somehow he, he was. Or they would have noticed a lot sooner, I'm sure. Um, no, I'm, I've got to go for Justin Jefferson. Um, the Eagles, the Eagles picked up Jalen Rager at at number twenty one overall in the draft. One pick before the Vikings picked up Justin Jefferson. Um and yeah, I think you know you look at the, the career trajectories of the two guys and you wonder how on earth that we could go and pick up Rager ahead of Justin. Um, and I think actually that Howie Roseman said it's like possibly his biggest regret. Um, and it's a moment that he wishes he could have back. Um, and I would say. In my time supporting Eagles, that's definitely the one that got away. So, and I'd see Howie of all people as well. Like, I know. He's normally pretty flawless. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he actually, I think, he actually said that that was a learning moment for him. He took that as a learning experience. And, um, you know, he said that at the time he, he chose Rager because he was looking for um, a wide receiver to play out wide. Um, and Jefferson was looked at as more of a slot receiver, um, so that's why he, he, he plumped for uh, for Rager. Um, and he said that you know ever since then he's thought, no, nah, do you know what? Just get just pick the best player. Who's the best player of the two, and, and we'll take them. So maybe some of the some of the the pickups that we've that we've made in the draft since then um, have maybe been down to the fact that you know he's learned his lesson. An interesting one. It's what you know. We'll save it for a draft show because it's a great question. You know, what should your draft strategy be? Do you just go best player available? Do you do you focus on specific position groups, or do you do what Bill Belichick does and trade down for some division four <laughs> nose tackle when you really need a quarterback? 
Um, right, okay. Uh, thank you very much, Kev. Uh, Gav, what about yourself, mate? Who is the, the, the one that got away, the one you wish you kept? Who have the Giants got rid of, and why is Tommy DeVito making it all better? <laughs> well, it's probably throwing a bit too much shade to say Kadarius Tony is not the the answer <laughs> to this uh, to this question. Um, but no, I, well, I I guess the spicy take in this one would be like let's go back to the, the 2018 draft and the, the Giants picking number two. Um, so this is one that was laden with quarterbacks, as you know, Brian. We had Mr. Mayfield in there going number one overall, uh, and with number two, the, the Giants take Saquon Barkley. However, uh, down at number seven. Josh Allen. See, uh, and obviously, Giants would uh, would go on to pick up uh, Danny Dimes uh, next year at number six, uh, one, one spot higher. Um, I mean, Saquon's been a servant, but actually, I think if you look at the, I guess, the trajectory of both men's careers and also the kind of, um, I guess, the life expectancy of a, an NFL mm. running back, um, yeah, I, I think... Um, it's a it's a controversial one, but I'm saying actually, yeah, Josh Allen in that 2018 draft would have been a, a good pick that's, at number two. That's so interesting because it's like fan favorite, take one, absolute fan favorite or franchise pillar of the franchise to build around. Who even was the Giants quarterback in 2018? It was still Eli. Yes, we still still with Eli, and Eli would start the following season, but um, but they would bring in uh, Jones partway through. Oh, what could have been? Uh, right, <laughs> Shaney, we will come to you, sir. Who's who's the? the, the do you know, I know exactly what you're going to say, and I, I suspect I know what you're going to say. Uh, who's who's the one that got away? Not so much a one that got away, but one that we let away. Mm. Um. Um, at the time, at the start of the season, I thought it was time to ship Dalvin Cook. And he's not had uh, a great time at the Jets. He's not really getting the opportunities because of Brees Hall. But look at our running back room right now. Alexander Madison has just not lived up to the expectations. He was a great backup. He's he's not a number one runner. Um, Ty Chandler had a good weekend uh, on Sunday there. So hopefully... He uh, that, that's our first 100-yard rushing game of the year. Did all, you know that? Ye- all year. Now, how do you mean? Right, so, so this is where this would totally box my brain. Do you mean like player, like individual player with 100 rushing yards, or do you mean 100 total rushing yards? Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head, but I actually think it's a lot. We can fact check that and come back to it. But yeah. it's hard to imagine that if you put Dalvin Cook on a one year that he was happy with and we kept him, yeah. that he he couldn't have done better up until now, it, it, it would have. So, would have been... I thought it was time to let him go, but in hindsight, you know, it probably was, but the way injuries have gone and the way Madison hasn't performed, would have been nice to still have him. And you would have got another gear out of the Falcon Hoof jersey? Yeah, my jerseys would still be valid. <laughs> oh, I, okay, I see that. It's always a tricky one, because running backs are such... As, as Gav kind of alluded to, the shelf life of a running back, but they do they, they don't age gracefully. Like they have a point where they just go, ah, and you're now awful. So it's you you want to sell before you get there. And and to be fair, is Cook ever gonna get anything back after this year in, in New Jersey? I'd i hazard I guess no. Nobody's gonna give him <laughs> any money anymore. So yeah, he's, he's well oh what could it be? 
Uh, right, Liam, round this one off for us, mate. Who, who the the wonderful people of uh, of Green Bay? Who is the one that you either let slip through your fingers or that you didn't take advantage of being able to grab when you had the chance? So yeah, so I was kind of thinking about that um, about this, and I was going to go down the kind of draft line because apparently we missed on TJ Watt. We missed didn't take him or Higgins when we didn't draft wide receivers for Rogers. Um, but um, I think I'm going to go back to another wide receiver when we let Adams go to the the Raiders. One, because I just bought Adam's jersey and then he got traded. Um, so that was great. <laughs> <laughs> so, and um, yeah, we just decided to cut bait with another great receiver just for Rodgers to have no one to throw to for a season before he left. So that was that was good. Good, good, good ploy. So, so what you're <laughs> telling me, Liam, is that you have concerns about Green Bay's attitude to wide receivers? Not so much now. I'm actually quite happy now. We'll come on to that later, but yeah. Uh, uh, see, this is this is where we should really have had studs on if we were going to talk wide receivers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely, genuinely think anybody could get a game for Kansas City at wide receiver at the moment. Um, right, okay, thank you very much, gents. We are going to get going. We are going to get stuck into actually reviewing some of the matches that we have seen over the weekend. Now, I promised that I was going to make him dwell in misery and I was going to make him face up to it. And I am. Uh, so, Shaney, the floor is yours. Talk to us all about your beloved bites at those, those pesky Bengals. I can't believe you're starting with me for this. Let's yes, get it out of the way then. So, I only caught the fourth quarter and overtime of this game. The rest of it, I was getting text updates from you lot, and it seemed to be going quite well. We entered the fourth quarter 17-3 up. All right. We'd had uh, some some shaky interceptions, a few sacks on Nick Mullins, but I thought, it's all right. Brian Flores in the D, they'll get us through. Three touchdowns later to the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> Well, two touchdowns later, and then it was 17-all. Brilliant. And then we put one in with, what was it, three minutes something left on the clock? Yeah, I thought, just hold them. Just thank, thanks for having exact figures available. Um, I thought, you know, we'll hold them to a field goal. Just hold them to a field goal, no problem. We'll come back to field goals. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we will. And then, who was it, T. Higgins made an absolute belter of a grab 24 each overtime ah oh. and then we talk about both teams got a possession didn't they yeah and then it was next team scores and um what are we we come up third down third in inches the chains were out and we attempt a tush push at what would have been not a, a murder not a really difficult field goal, but it would have been about 50 yards or something, wouldn't it? Yeah. You got the figure there, Brian? Uh, not, not for that, but it wasn't far out. Pushing 50 yards. and about 52, Vikings... I think. That, yeah, it was, it was at the Cincy 42 when yeah. you failed the so we, um, we don't have a great track record at winning games on field goals, but Greg Joseph was the man that bucked the trend. I wanted to kick it, but Kevin O'Connell thought, brotherly, brotherly shove. Uh, and it turned out to be a brotherly pat in the back. Um, <laughs> down. I know, brotherly, brotherly massage. So fourth down, and you can see on the sideline, 
um, <laughs> Brian Flores, is screaming at Kevin O'Connell to kick it. You could probably hear me in Minneapolis screaming from Scotland <laughs> to kick it. And we go for another brotherly pat on the back and do not make it and absolutely throw the game away. And I, I think, so I read this stat. I'll need to find my source again on this. I think it was ESPN, but that's three out of the last four games. We've been in a winning position with two minutes to go and lost. See, that's that's the kind of stuff that, that I find really interesting because I really that that's that's like the, the Browns for years being in that position, and then you know Brown's gonna brown and, and we lose, and there's all that the mental side of it, that like digging yourself out of a hole. It's the kind of things like uh I'll say it because it needs to be said. It's the kind of things that like historically teams like the Steelers would do, or teams like the Patriots would do. When they look, it seems like for most of the season, the Eagles have been mm. doing where they look like they're in a really dicey spot and then they just find a way to win. Or when you are a Vikings fan or laterally a Browns fan for a long time, uh, you find a way to lose when you've yeah, got victory assured. It wasn't easy to lose that. We, um, <laughs> <laughs> I know we pulled that one out the bag. You had to. Let them come back, let the Bengals come back in with three fourth-quarter touchdowns. You had to have a porous defence that collapsed in the fourth quarter, and we are well going into the game, I think we were number one defence in the league, certainly top three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have terrible play calling from Kevin O'Connell on that last drive. And how are you not making inches? Why are you doing... A brotherly shove, having a wide receiver doing the shove when Ty Chandler is on the game of his life and he's got four yeah. inches to make. Just it, it was an absolute tragedy of errors from us. And um I've got beyond incensed like disappointment and I'm now <laughs> critical critical disappointment. I'm analyzing my disappointment in, in great depth and it's just it's just Vikings, isn't it? It's murder been a Vikings fan. <laughs> this is why this is why you can't have nice things. But you know, well, I think what we what we do need to acknowledge is that you know, first quarter, seven and three Vikings. Second quarter, no no. Third quarter, 10-0 Vikings. Then Shaney turned on his television. Uh. 21 <laughs> to 7, 3 and oh. So all this blame for Kevin O'Connell, all this, all this blame being passed out. If you had kept the TV off, all I'm saying is it could have went oh so differently. There is one of if you don't want to blame Kevin O'Connell, that's fine. We can blame Kirk Cousins, right? <laughs> How dare Kirk he Cousins. get injured just when I started to warm to him a wee bit? And in fairness to him, you don't lose games like that with Kirk Cousins. Well, no, I hate it to is, say it it. I hate to say this, but I actually miss him a wee bit. Oh, right. Did somebody get T-shirts made of that? Did we get that? <laughs> like, <laughs> mugs? Uh, it's de- but, definitely going to be clipped for X. That's, that, that's right, a clip for posterity. I suppose, right, so tell you what, so this, is, this was my big question mark of the game, and it is all about that brotherly shove at the end, because it, it has to be. That's the play that lost the game. Chandler was at 132 yards. Yep. 132 yards. It's yep. four inches. Yep. Why? That's like 
that, that that's the bit that doesn't make sense to me. And even put him in at quarterback. Even yeah, the, put, the wind could blow position. you over. That the wind could blow you over four inches, but no, no. Oh, yeah, it was something else. Although it, it, I'll, I'll put this out to, to the other guys because you were obviously very disappointed at, at your Vikings. But I, I am going to say that even as a Browns fan, I'm quite enjoying the Jake Browning experiment that's going on in Cincy. I don't know how other people are feeling about that. This guy's came in um, and he's he's playing really well. Like who who knew that he was sad? Because again, it's a point that Stu has laboured loads on, on the pod, uh, how he was really, really devastated and upset about how Cincinnati didn't address backup quarterback right position. Uh, and, and Browning's actually stepped up. Well, he's not. He's still a backup QB. Um, but he's better than most backups have been. So I don't know. I don't know what you guys have been thinking about the game in general. The Bengals managing to pull something out. Now, obviously, it was backup QB v backup QB, um, and it was two teams with very similar records going into the game. So you know, I mean, they were they were both in, despite the issues they're having, good spots. But I don't know what what are the big takeaways of some of the rest of these had for, for kind of watching the bits of that that you've seen. I think uh, I was going to say that bit on on Browning there was. I think the final quarter he was without Chase. I think Chase went out with a yep. shoulder injury. Yeah, Chase went still, out. Okay, not a bad second having Higgins there, but fair, fair play to him. Putting up 21 points in the fourth down your top wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, T Higgins, four receptions for 61 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> it's no bad going for your number two. Sorry, Dan. Yeah. No, I th- no, I think I think it's all about the cast. So I guess it's not all situations are created equally. So if you look at a, a, a team like the, the Bengals that you've know, been consistently performing well, yeah, I mean losing Joe Burrow is a is a huge loss. But you do have the cast, the talent on both sides of the ball that's going to yeah. keep you in a, a situation where you, you can remain competitive. Um, so I mean, you know, I guess we we put a lot of the value on the, the QB position and and rightfully so. But there are there's a whole roster of other guys there out to to help and make that, that thing work for them. Joe Mixon absolutely stepped up in that game, to be fair. Joe, yeah, Joe Mixon's actually been on a, a, a wee bit of a tear the last two weeks. Well, I get 47 yards, but there were 47 hard earned yards, I suppose is what you would maybe say with, with Mixon in that game. Kev, what were you going to say, mate? Uh, I was going to say, I, I saw the interview with Browning after the, after the game. Um, and it came across as a, a, a guy who's really, really at home um, in that squad. Like, even although he's, he's not the starter, he seems to have good chemistry with a lot of the guys. I think they, they trust him. Um, and I think that he's, he's kind of um, awareness of the offense um, is, is, is great for a, for a backup. Um, and, it, you know, I think um, it was a bit harsh on the Vikings, obviously, but um the the touchdown T Higgins scored was incredible. I think I was worthy of winning uh, any game. Sorry, Shaney. Um and you know when Browning was talking about it, he said how yeah, I just chucked it up there. Um, you know, and and, and T's made the catch and turned it into a touchdown. And I think um I think it's probably just um yeah, for me the, the Bengals just just seemed more maybe together um, in the in the, the face of the uh, adversity that they've, the, they've been going through lately. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, I think that actually is a lot of it, as much as the both teams have suffered injuries, because obviously we know about Cousins going down and then we've had the kind of the, the roller coaster of Dobbs' meteoric ascension to glory and his equally catastrophic descent into misery again. Um, and then Mullins comes in, and Mullins, to be fair, by all accounts, played a good game. Um, but, yeah, the 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 togetherness, that mental side of the game, I think, is what really came out in that, that the, the Bengals found a way to, you know, nah, sorry, Shane. The Vikings found a way to lose that game. The Bengals didn't find a way to win it. So at the end of the I day, when you go, when, when you hold a team to a three and out straight off the rip in overtime, you need to finish that. You can't hold a team to three and out and let them back in. But that's the way it is. Um, it's, to be fair, we are still talking about two teams that have got playoff aspirations, however likely or unlikely they may be. Uh, Vikes are sat there seven and seven. Bengals are eight and six. The AFC North is an absolute monster of a division this year which gives me great anxiety more about that later um we're going to move on so we'll move on it's our second homer one of the evening chaps liam now i approve of this matchup purely because baker was awesome and for the benefit of those who are listening and not watching as we are seeing shaney don his green bay sucks <laughs> patented vikings color cap uh Liam, talk us through it, mate. It wasn't a great... Well, do you know, it wasn't a bad evening for your boys, but it wasn't a good one. So, well, I thought I'd start that with your with your fandom of Baker. Um, a nice stat for you. He went 381 yards for four touchdowns, and he was the first QB ever to have a perfect passer rating in, in Lambeau Field. Um, so, so that's another fan, a fandom fact for you. To Did add Rogers to Sorry? Did Rogers never do that? No, it's a, a quarterback going into Lambeau Field. All oh, right, yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought so good he could come yeah. back with the Jets. <laughs> I put that in more context. I think week 13 and 14 of this season, he only made 48% of his completions. So, yeah, just turn, turned up turned up this weekend. So, um, but yeah, it was thankfully it was not about our offense, it was just all about our defense being horrendous. Um, we just couldn't go off the field. Basically, was the was the summary of the game. I think every single drive I was sitting there watching the game. Just you're like another third down. Yep, they're going to convert it. Um, uh, second and long. Yep, they'll convert that. So it was just horrendous to watch and for our defense. I think on third down, the Tampa converted seven of eleven third downs, one of one fourth yeah. downs. It was just that was just basically the, the summary of the game. Um, and it was for once we actually kept White uh, Rashad White. Um, relatively in check, we only gave up 99 yards on the ground after last week when we gave up 200 yards to uh, Barkley and uh, Tommy DeVito. So, um, so that was a plus, but we just couldn't defend the pass. Um, so yeah, it was just unfair. White could have made it worse. He could he slid on the last play of the game, I think, when he could have got another touchdown, basically. Yes, um, he should have got another touchdown. <laughs> so that disgruntled white fantasy owner. And then. And then another part, let's say, they're passing all over us. Godwin, who's had a bit of a maybe off season for him, I suppose. Yeah. Had ten receptions for 155 yards. I think there's earlier. He's not gone above eight all season. Before that, he was <laughs> he was on the injury report coming into the game. So yeah, we're just um, making it making it easy. And I found some other stat that, to be fair, the only context I've got is the average for the season. So apparently, he on average was had four. Just over four yards of separation on each play that he caught. The season average for most players is two yards. So he's doubled that 
in um, basically compared to an average average wide receiver, which is pretty horrendous. Um, but yeah, we just couldn't get off the field. T Tampa Bay punted once, which was in the second quarter. Um, I think overall they went field goal, fumble, touchdown, punt, field goal, touchdown, 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 three touchdowns to end it. Um, and I think the drive right at the second of the just before the halftime we gave up the field goal kind of summarised our play where we got into a third and three um, they converted that and then later on in the drive they're at they're 40 or something like that and they're in the second and 29 and then they got 24 yards from Godwin so to hit the hit the field goal so yeah it was a bad day at the office and defence and now it's just they're all shouting that it's rooftops about our defensive coordinator now whether they should stay or go uh, Joe Barry so uh, we shall see. But three games left. You can't really see him moving on. I don't think at this stage of the season. Um, yeah, it was not a a nice watch in defence. But on better sides, quarterback play was actually all right. Our side of the wall, love, love, love did pretty well. Love, love made some good throws. It was kind of encouraging overall. Um, he made some nice in the the read touchdown was a great throw uh, for the for the touch, um, touchdown in the corner of the end zone, and we did. I suppose we're coming into the season. We've kind of said this many times on the podcast about seeing love make progress, make our offense or wide receivers that we touched on earlier kind of shown progress to kind of step up. And to be fair to them, they did all right. You know, I couldn't really complain about the offense. It was just our defense. But, um, it was. It was what it was. That it was as, as you mentioned yourself, mate. You had that bit. Well, you know, I'm even gonna. I'm, I don't normally do this, but I'm even gonna run through the plays because it was that mental. So we're starting. What we are. First and 10 at the Green Bay 33. Mayfield gets sacked for a loss of nine. So we're second and 19. Incomplete pass. They pick up a holding penalty. So they go back another 10. <laughs> and then you're second and 29. And they convert. Yep. That's just like, it says so much about discipline and keeping clue down because that it just screams to me that the defense just switched off and they just went right we are second and 29 this drive is dead um even and that was what they 26 seconds ago so they probably weren't even expecting their offense to get back on the field or their offense to get back on the field and do anything other than just kneel the half out and be done with it yeah, and I, I, I never, I never, I never thought, yeah, I never thought I'd be jealous of a Browns fan with their def defense I don't think so hey <laughs> But, um, but yeah, it was just it's been like this a lot of the season. Even last week, um, I know Gav thankfully missed last week for my save me. Um, <laughs> but we, we like even last week we were got our, a last minute uh, touchdown for the two minutes left on the board, and we just let them the Giants run down the field and and, and get the winning score. So <laughs> it's just been it's not been a uh, pleasant to watch in defense. But we'll take we'll take the we'll take the offense tra traveling traveling up and down the field a bit. And apparently we've still got a 90% chance of playoffs if, if, if we win out. Win out the next three games. So that's just easy peasy. That'll be fine. Well, you've, you know, you would honestly think that we compared notes. So on that exact note, because uh, your next game, this is even more convenient that Shaney's on, um, your next game is against the Vikings. So, no. oh no, sorry, sorry, your no, Lions... No, we're Panthers. Uh, sorry, sorry, you are your Panthers. Then, then it's the Vikings. Sorry, Vikings is yep. the the New Year's Day game. Um, how is that? Is that game fundamentally uh, a playoff decider? 
Uh, do do we think that that is fundamentally a game that's going to decide whether or not either of your teams stands a chance? Now, obviously, you are you're not getting anywhere near the you're not getting anywhere near the division. Lions have got it wrapped up, um, but Vikings are sat there seven and seven. You're sat there six and eight. Bears have fallen away to five and nine. Although they've been looking better than it feels just back, but less about them. Um, is this New Year's Day game realistically going to be the one? Because we look at the other games. Vikings are I've got a double header with Detroit. Uh, you've got the Panthers, which surely to Christ you can beat Carolina. Um, and then the Bears last game of the season when the Bears are probably done and dusted. They're probably not going to be running anything serious, so you should be picking that one up. And let's 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 say the Vikings split with the Lions. Let's say they split. They, they take them up. They they take the Vikings and they take the Lions in Minneapolis, but they lose in Detroit. All of a sudden, that game on big rivalry. Where, where even is it? Is it at, uh, is it at is that, Lambeau or is that? No, it's at Minnesota. So, is is that your season? There's the question. Is that your season wrapped up in one game, basically? In essence, yes, but I won't lie. I've got the total fear about next weekend against Carolina since they won this weekend. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, obviously, you expect us to win next. Well, you'd like to think we would win next weekend. Um, and yeah, obviously, we, we have to, I think, basically win out, um, I think, to have a chance. And to be fair, though, in some ways, I kind of touched on this a couple of episodes ago as well. Do we want to make, and this sounds crazy as a, as a fan, do we want to make the playoffs? You know, we've now gone, now we've now fallen back. So we've now got the 11th pick in the draft, I think, around about that mark. So mm-hmm. do we just get take that pick um, um, or round about that pick and just build on next season because realistically if we get into the playoffs where they are great it'd be amazing to be there but we're not gonna we're not in the mix to go far and that's what this was never a season for that it was never a season to to really push on and we're never going to the super bowl or anything like that really realistically um so can i actually see see with the, the the amount of rookies and second year players that you've got do you not think it would be good to get post-season oh, yeah. experience well, yeah, for those guys this year, yeah, rather than yeah. just trying to get four or five picks higher in the in the draft. I know, I know these arguments. The arguments all around. I suppose it was. I think it was a fact they put on the the, the on the the commentators. I think we are the team who've thrown the ball to the most rookies in a season, uh, or different rookies in a season. Um, some fact about that. I think. Um, so yeah, yeah and, I think and, it was, I think it was uh, like the most rookie touchdowns scored in a game by by a team or something. Um, and to be fair, we've also dealt with a lot of injuries. Like obviously, we were without Jones. We've been without Watson, and and we lost Musgrave as well. Our, our t- tight end we drafted in the second second round, whereas this game Kraft came in and did put on a good show. As a you know, really he was coming in as our second tight end to the season and tight end in the season. So you know, it's an offense. You know, the the weapons are getting better and better. So it's and love seems to be okay. Do we crown him yet? As, as the long-term mm. fix. Who knows? But as definitely for next season, uh, we'll see. Um, I think you can only be positive from what we were looking for from the season. We've definitely shown progress there. So, But whether we can get a defence to, to help out would be would be useful, shall we say. See, as so, a fan of someone that's approved a frustrating 5-9 and nine record in the last month, I think the, th- the thing is, you, you've got to say that I get when fans want to kind of look at the, the draft, but when playoffs becomes a consideration and the state of the NFC, 
the Packers are alive and well in that yep. playoff conversation. Yeah. I think you've you've got to play for extra games. Oh no, yeah. Oh no, yeah. I, I I would rather be in the playoffs, but I suppose it's an interesting thing, thought. I suppose the other thing, I suppose going to the draft picks, talking about a defense, we've invested loads of first round picks into that defense, and look where it's got us currently. So um, so yeah, that just goes to show you you can have great draft picks and it doesn't always pan out. So yeah, you'll take take the wins where you can get them. If you can get into the playoffs, great. But we shall see. Well. Do you know, so right, Shane, we'll, we'll kick a kind of similar question to you, mate. So you're right, currently sat 20th in the draft, 7 and 7, three, tricky, three potentially very, very tricky games to close the season for the Lakers. It's not an easy way to close out your year at all. The Lions, yeah, there are issues in the road, but at home they're excellent. And Green Bay have shown in flashes that they, they can be a really good team. Would you take just and and the Vikings' injury issues, well documented, all the rest of it? Would you take three losses to see yourself move up and up and up, probably quite close to a top ten slot in the in the draft next year? Absolutely you possibly not. Looking at picking up, okay, you're not going to get Caleb. <laughs> no, you're no, possibly no. looking at picking up Drake May, Jaden Daniels, one of these other QBs because it's a QB heavy draft. And who no. knows what's going to happen to Cup? We are seven and seven, right? If we, our future for this season is in our own hands. If we win out, we are in the playoffs. I want to go to the playoffs. I want to go to the playoffs every season, no matter what. The draft is that. It's a draft. It, you can do as much research as you want, but you might pick a Trey Lance. Okay? I want to go to the playoffs. I want to beat the Packers. I want to beat the Lions twice. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm here for the football, not for next year's draft class. The, this is why we're all fans and not GMs. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, no, I say that. I think I'm a GM get caught saying that nah, stuff. It we're actually gearing up these games to, to boost our draft choices with three picks. Uh, I think they'd possibly be out of a job quite quick, um, and they'd probably find a new job in Cleveland. Um, right, moving on. Uh, thank you very much, mate. Um, Gav, we are coming to you. You, you're not getting a homer game this week, mate, um, because frankly, the Giants game wasn't all that interesting. Um, so, well, it was good. I suppose it was good if you were a Saints fan. Um, so, instead of that, we're going to go to what I think many people were anointing before the week start, the, the week started this game of the week. It was Buffalo at Dallas. Yeah, this, this was a hell of a game for a lot of very interesting reasons. And this is where Kev starts to feel much better about what we're talking about because he just gets to sit there and be happy. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think that this was actually on the on Fox. It was actually America's Game of the Week um, yeah. last night. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was a heck of a game, but probably not in the way that we were expecting. Um, I mean, this was just an old-fashioned dominant win for, for the Bills. Um, I mean, 31-10 was the, the final, but I mean, the Cowboys didn't even find the end zone until the last three minutes of the game. Uh, it was 21-3 at halftime. Um, and I think the real story here is the well, overall, the Bills 266 yards on the ground. Um, I mean, for, for once, you know, as much as I was gushing earlier, we're not talking about Josh Allen tonight. It, oh. it was the James Cook show. Uh, I mean, 179 yards on the ground, over 25 guys. He also, um, he, he also had a receiving touchdown. I think he came in at 221 total yards, uh, for, for the game. Um, as Kev, um, I think we were chatting about just before we went on air, you know, they set the tone early. It had, I guess, what was almost like a, a rugby rut 
type of play where I, yes. I think um, they dragged the Cowboys for about 10 yards and just uh, in that, that scrum of uh, scrum of bodies. Um, and, and it was like that the, the whole way. I mean, it was actually Latavius Murray uh, with the, the open touchdown, only three yards out. But again, he seemed to have been wrapped up for, for no gain and just kept driving the legs, powered in. Um, and and the, the Bills really just kicked on from there. Um, I have to say that the, the Cowboys, they, they had one turnover, so they didn't make a, a ton of negative plays throughout but they just they didn't really get any momentum i mean um dak uh overall he was 21 uh, 34 but only for 134 yards uh on the day uh, cowboys only managed to, to actually lay a glove on josh allen once even at that um get a wee bit of generosity from the, the refs as he kind of blew the, the play dead as he was escaping <laughs> from the, the sack um yeah. but yeah i mean this is we, we've seen that the bills um, I think they probably returned a, a fork to us in the, the post um, for the performances over the, the last three weeks because, uh, yeah, they are very much alive and well um, in, in the playoff hunt now. Um, I mean, obviously, I think that really started, first of all, when they went to the, the Eagles. and Yeah, they, they lost in overtime, but, I mean, they, they really uh, gave Kev a, a bit of a scare. Um, and then, obviously, since then, they've gone to, to Kansas City, picked up the win, and, I mean, last night... If you're going to say there's a bit of luck uh, with the win at Arrowhead, there was no arguing who the, the better side was uh, last night. Um, and what's really interesting now uh, in that AFC East is to, to actually look at the running for, for the two teams yes. there. So the Bills in the next two weeks have got the Chargers uh, and the Pats. Now Miami, on the other hand, have got to play uh, a very hungry Dallas side and then they go to the Ravens, and that sets up a head-to-head between uh, the Dolphins and the Bills uh, at Hard Rock in Week 18. So um, there's still, I mean, I, I think that the Bills are looking good for the playoffs. They might still need a, a, a couple of results uh, to, to go their way, but the, to, to actually get the division. But it's not outside the realms of possibility. So yeah, the really interesting one with the schedule because there is. Would anybody be particularly shocked if we hit week 18 and the Dolphins are sat there 10-6 and six, because they pick up losses to the Cowboys, they pick up a loss to the Ravens, uh, and the Bills are sat there 10-6? and six. Because, yeah, as you say, it's, it's the Chargers, and the less said about them, the better. Kev can talk to us about them in a, in a minute and the issues they're facing. And then everybody's seen the, the absolute... I don't even know how to describe New England this year. I'm genuinely lost for words about how poor New England are this year. So those are two games that, not like, oh, talking as, you know, I'm not a Bills fan, but talking as a fan or anything like that. They're just two games that the organization's looking at and going, we lose them, that's an upset. That's something wrong happened. As opposed to the Dolphins, who are looking at their two going, these are Super Bowl contenders we are playing. We're sat there up against teams that are looking at the postseason and they're not there to make up the numbers. Ravens are looking for that number one seed in the AFC. Cowboys, yes, they didn't do well last night, but they are looking for that number one seed in the NFC. And I'm sure Kev will have something to say about that idea later. Um, but it is, it's the, this again, we were talking earlier about that uh, Bikes Green Bay game, that that's going to be a big decider. This could be an absolute decider of who's going to make or not make the playoffs, potentially. 
because the AFC in general is really, really strong for playoff teams. You know, it is, look, I don't see it as likely, but it's possible a 10-win team doesn't get in. So, look, what, what do we think? Is this, who do you think? So, tell you what, end of the year, put it in the room, who do, who tops the eight, Who tops the East? Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Miami or is it going to be the Bills? Who, who wants to jump in? I'll jump in first. <clears throat> I'm, giving, I'm giving it to Miami because there's stuff in the bill, uh, the, the Cowboys next week. <laughs> <laughs> and this comment is in no way brought to you from an Eagles fan. Uh, <laughs> well, this is what we, we were talking about before we came on here. Next week's game is going to be hilarious because, as we keep saying, Miami can only beat bad teams and Dallas can only beat bad teams. What <laughs> happens when they meet? Is it uh, no, no, calling it now, get the mortgage on it. No, no game. I know we're talking about the FC East here, but the other thing to think about is that game is in Miami and the Cowboys are unbeaten at home. They're now three and four on the road, um, yeah. which, you know, that's a big consideration for yeah, when they go down to, to Hard Rock, admittedly, in the, you know, fairly mild weather you'd expect. Um, but the big thing for the Cowboys is, you know, think, you know, Dak said after the game, you know, the Cowboys had actually clinched before the, the game kicked off uh, for, a, for a playoff spot. But this is a team that's focused on achieving more than just getting into the playoffs. I've got to say, they could really use a home game, you know, if, they, if they're getting into the playoffs because, you know, the, the signs aren't looking great uh, when, they, when they travel. Liam, what about you? What do you see? How do you see this shaking out? Because this, this is a division that's it's a division of two halves. The bottom half it's meaningless, but the top half it's interesting. No, yeah, I think it's as you look kind of alluded to, it's going to be an, an interesting running. And as like uh, Gal said, obviously the Cowboys have only got one home game left, and it's against the Lions. Which okay, the Lions have been up and down a wee bit, but they can certainly put up a score um, on a week like this week. Um, so that'll be. It won't be an easy game by any stretch, even if it is the Cowboys at home. You know, it's not. And then they end with Washington, which another divisional game. You never know know what happens in a divisional game, though. To be fair, um, so so yeah, it's. Yeah, actually, we, Who's taking? Go on, make a decision. And don't be a coward. Who's taking it? I would. I still have. I think Miami will take the the division over the Bills. I think overall. Um, right, we'll get two for Miami. Gav, I'll come back to you for yours because you didn't give me a, a, a decision. Well, we'll what's your big take on the East this year? Oh, well, so let's just simplify this a wee bit then. So week 18, Ravens are playing Dolphins. Uh-huh. Weeks 16 and 17, the Ravens have, uh, the Ravens have got who? Ravens Pats games. And... So, so, so Miami's Ravens. Who have the Bills got? Yeah. So, so but, Bills are going, yeah. they've got Chargers, Pats, then they finish out with the Dolphins. Right, so you've got Chargers and Pats, and the Dolphins have got the Cowboys and the Ravens. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think the Cowboys are going to win, but and I think the Bills are going to win both those games, but I think that the Dolphins will beat the Ravens, and Ooh. that will get them. They need to win one of those two games to get top spot, and I think it's going to be against the Ravens. So I'm going with Kev. Right. Dolphins. Okay. Dolphins, Dolphins, Dolphins. Right, Gav, what are you? Are you, are you, are you so, feeling the fishy, the fishy fun times? So I think we need to just check the mass here, but because the, the Dolphins are two games up. However, 
the Bills have already beaten Dolphins this season. So, yeah. So if they win, if they win at Hard Rock, then that means that the Dolphins will actually need to win their other two games to to still clinch the division. Um, and I, I, don't get me wrong, you know, Miami is a good team, and the Bills are on the road, but they are the team with momentum. You're right. I didn't address actually who would win Week 18, Gav, <laughs> yeah. out of <laughs> the Bills and the Dolphins. And that's in Miami, isn't it? It is yeah. in Miami. Well, I've just put myself right on the line what? here. I think the Dolphins <laughs> will take that as well. See, this is where... It's, it's, it's the, this is why I love this time of the year. I love the playoff permutations. I love it when you sit and you get right, this is what we need in order to get through. We need the following results from the following 15 teams, and that means we make the playoff push. Um, I'm, I'm back in the Bills. I'm back in the Bills here. Um, genuinely think the game with Dallas could go either way. I think it absolutely depends which Dallas turn up. Um, Bills, I see... I see them losing to the Bills at last game of the season, but I particularly see them losing to the Ravens, um, which galls me to say, because I really need the Dolphins to beat the Ravens if the Browns are going to take them off. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm on I'm on Team Buffalo. I called them as my my early, early, early season Super Bowl pick. I am declaring, declaring the window is back open. This window has been open and shut both times and anything else. Uh, it's, it's just an electronic window. It just keeps moving. Um I'm, 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 yeah, I'm Team Buffalo with us, and that's got nothing to do with the fact that I've got Josh Allen and about 15 fantasy leagues. Um, so no, I'm, I'm, I'm going Team Buffalo. Right, okay. Um, so we went from two teams who have got exceptionally lofty playoff ambitions to two teams who don't. Uh, so it was a hell of a game, even though it was two teams who are definitely not contenders this year by any stretch. Uh, Kev, talk to us about... It was one of the... Uh, I was about to say Saturday games, but it wasn't. It was, was it Thursday night? Thursday night, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was Chargers playing against the 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 mighty Las Vegas Raiders. Do we, we get to call them mighty now after that game? I don't really know where I stand. It was a mighty score they put up, but um, yeah, I think when when you asked us uh, a week or two ago, Brian, to uh, talk about the the playoff picture and the teams that, that had an outside chance. Um, and you mentioned both of these teams. I think I, I was kind of shaking my head and lost for words because I didn't really know what to say about either of them. Um, two teams who, their, their playoff hopes pretty much dead. Um, and, you know, they needed revived. Um, and after, well, both five and eight heading into the game, after Vegas's um three 0 defeat at home last week, um <laughs> to the mighty Vikings, um you know, <laughs> uh, you you just you just wondered what we were going to see. Um, it's a, a Chargers team that's struggling. No Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert on IR. Um, so I, I wasn't really expecting much to be honest. Um, and uh, both. Both uh, backup quarterbacks. We've got Aidan O'Connell versus Easton Stick. Um, right, who and, could have honestly named Easton Stick as an NFL quarterback before that game, by the way? <laughs> could anybody honestly say that they could have said, oh, Easton Stick, oh, he's a backup with Chargers? Any uh, chance? <laughs> no. But, um, I mean, the, t- the tail of the tape for the, the two quarterbacks. So, O'Connell was 20 
out of 34 attempts, um, 248 yards and four touchdowns, pretty decent. Easton Stick was actually 23 off 32 attempts for 257 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Um, so looking at that, you would think pretty even game, um, or so you would think. Obviously, the final score ends up 63-21 um, to the, the Raiders. Um, and it was pretty much, you know, you would think the Chargers are going to struggle uh, missing Herbert. And, and Keenan Allen as well, and a few other players um, on offense. But actually, it was uh, yeah. Well, they they did struggle a bit on offense. Uh, there was a lot of turnovers, but on defense, um, they were dreadful. Um, so the, the game starts off. Um, we had uh, Zamir White punching it in from a yard after a long opening drive, and the the Chargers get possession. Uh, fumble the ball, stick fumbles on the forty, their own forty-yard line, turn it over, and then it's punched in for another. Oh, well, it's a thirty-yard touchdown pass to Trey Tucker. Um, from there, uh, towards the end of the the first quarter, another fumble. This time, Joshua Kelly um, fumbles running the ball, and they, they score again. And then, you know, the start of the second. The Chargers finally look like they're maybe starting to get their game together. They force a punt um, from the Raiders and the the punt is caught and then stripped. Um, and, uh, <laughs> um, the, you know, uh, possession turns over on the, their own 25 or something like that. Um, and then the, that's... that's uh, taken to the end zone again for another score. So from there... Um, you know the Chargers were pretty much dead and buried, and they they, they just struggled to to get going on offense, and their defense just couldn't couldn't stop uh, the Raiders. So um, I think there was eight different touchdown scorers um, from the Raiders, which from from a Raiders point of view, after that dreadful game last week, obviously that's the perfect response. Um, the ball was getting shared around. You know, everybody was getting targets. Everybody was getting carries, um, and everything that, that they tried seemed to seem to come off. So that'll be good for them and give give them a big lift. Um, yeah, they even had two defensive players getting in on the act. Uh, there was a John Jenkins forty four yard fumble return, um, and then Jack Jones um, a sixteen yard pick six at the end to round off their scoring. So. Yeah, um, a great day at the office uh, for the Raiders. Exactly what they needed after after that shocker of a game last week. Um, but the Chargers, it was yeah, really really bad, and their season um, looks absolutely dead. They're they're still mathematically uh, and we a, a shot at the playoffs, but I think I think that's their season done and dusted. Um, and even though uh, the Raiders. Responded well to, to that last week. Uh, you know, moving up to, to six and eight, realistically, I don't think that um, that they've really got much of a chance still, but um, it will please their fans um, seeing a game like that off the back of the, the, the donut that they put up last week. It's one of the ones that for, for the coaching staff, you must reckon that they're like, delighted, obviously, you put up 63 points is magic. You must be raging, but... But you went the week before and you posted nothing. 
for them. <laughs> it's not like you know you're turning you're talking about or oh, um it, it's a Patrick Mahomes list Chiefs. So yeah, they struggled an offense, then he comes back the next week and yeah, it's all back and it all clicks. Fundamentally, the same two teams that went out have not had any massive injury concerns over the past week. So, like, I, I don't get me wrong, yeah, the Chargers have got their injury concerns, as you mentioned, you know, you've got Herbert, you've got Allen. They don't play defense. It's wild. But I suppose yeah. the big one for, for this for me, and I suppose it's one of these stats that coaches talk about a lot, turnover, turnover, turnover. And that is it. Turnover ratio in the game, five turnovers for the Chargers. They lost four fumbles. They chucked the one pick. Raiders, clean football. No turnovers at all. Five to nil in that ratio. You are, is even, this is where I, I chuck the Chargers defense a bone, I suppose. Even if you have got a defense that's playing well, if you are on the field so much, if your offense can't stay on, then what can you do? There's, there's really, really limited. Um, I suppose. Also, when, you're, right, when you're coming out into the field, you know, I mean, you're coming out onto the field on your own forty, your own thirty as well. Um, you know, you don't, you don't have much, uh, much chance to to get a stop. Um, you know, a couple of couple of plays, and you're you're right in your end, your own end zone. Uh, the one bright spot for um, for the Chargers was Joshua Palmer coming back. Um, he he's back off IR. He's back in the side. And he he scored a 17, 79 yard touchdown. Um, albeit consolation. Um, you know when they're they're already well beat, but um, that's that's a positive for them. Right, you know, I'll chuck, I'll chuck this one out to the room uh, just for a, a a delightfully meaningless question. So run-ins for a pair of them. Raiders. They've got the Chiefs. They've got the Colts, and they've got the Broncos. They are sat on, this is where I grab them again. So they are sat six and eight. Uh, Chargers sitting there five and nine. They've got the Bills, the Broncos, and the Chiefs. I think we, I don't think anybody would disagree that the Chargers are done. But did the Raiders have a chance? Is there a chance? Can anybody see it? Does anybody want to put their neck out there and say, I believe in Las Vegas in January? I would leave that window closed the way it is. If I can just t- take one uh, quick other comment for this game. I, I mean, yeah. Kev called it out. Jack Jones did get a pick six, but Jack Jones got a pick six and a half. I mean, that was a <laughs> cornerback blitz that he just kind of swiped the ball out there, one hand yes. on his quarterback. That was obscene. <laughs> I mean, it was at some was, speed as well. It was rapid. It's, I remember Blaz, it was one of the plays I actually did. I caught that live. That must have been, yeah, I must call it about Red Zone Live. And it was like the, the commentators at the time mentioned it was like, that was as if he was in the offensive huddle. He knew that that pitch out was coming <laughs> before the, the offense knew that that was what they were going to do. And yeah, it's always nice when it's a big one hand and he was, he was away. Uh, but yeah, it was one of those games we had to talk about because you don't see sixty-three points going up every week. Um, which you know, surely that was Scorigami. I don't know if anybody's checked that. I used to. I sometimes keep an eye on the Scorigami Twitter account. Uh, surely sixty-three twenty-one hasn't happened before. I'm going to say I think it probably has happened before, just because they're multiples of seven. 
Yeah. Oh, there's, see that. There's, there's no oh, weird safety the math, in there. The yeah, there's there's no not a safety or oh, like, like a missed conversion or something. Yeah, that it feels nice round numbers, even if it is uh, a rare one. I can I can confirm it was a scorigami. Oh, yeah. it was. <laughs> I've, I've managed to find. Thankfully, the chart is very quick and easy to find, folks. Uh, so, <laughs> two minutes on Google, you too can check Scorigami's at your leisure. Uh, it, it was indeed Scorigami. Uh, so there you go. First time that one's happened. Um, right. Okay. Thank you very much, guys. We are going to move on and we're going to put this week uh, in the rear view. So now, normally we would go around and we would talk about every single game. Rather than that, I thought we would just float it out there for. Just your general kind of thoughts. Because there were some of the games, how do I say this delicately to some fan bases? Uh, some of your teams are irrelevant now. Uh, yes, Carolina, <laughs> I'm looking at you. Um, so uh, some of the teams are maybe not quite as uh, not quite as much to play for anymore. That's maybe a nicer way of saying it. So rather than that, I thought we would stick it out there for bits from any of the games that we caught over the weekend that really jumped out as I'm I'm gonna be sneaky and jump in first to get my wee browns bit in. And I'm not even going... No, I'm going to talk about that as well. Uh, so we need to enjoy at the end where Justin Fields actually connected with Hail Mary. And that should have won the game. Uh, but Darnell Mooney thinks he plays for Kansas. Um, where, how he somehow spilled that one. I don't think anybody understands how he managed to have that on, on his stomach, in the end zone, right at that moment. And it still spilled out. And the glorious, glorious Cleveland Browns walked away with the victory. Uh, but that wasn't actually the big moment for me um, in that game because this is where, and I'm going to see if I can quickly grab the yardage of it, um, the big moment for me that it really told you something was the Bears going for uh, a fourth-down conversion when they had a reasonable shot at a field goal. Um, and it was right at the death of the right at the death of the half. They went, it would have been a 55-yarder. It would have been a big field goal. But rather than that, they went for the Hail Mary. And right, okay, it was it was technically picked, but nobody counts picks from Hail Marys into the end zone. Um why why not give your kicker the chance? That was I I was watching that at the time thinking, I'm a Bears fan. I'm raging. At that point, it's a tied game. That puts you into the half. You're receiving the the first possession, the second half, and it would put you in 10-7 ahead. Why? Why are you trying to force that through? Um, so yeah, that was. I don't know. I don't know how much of the the glorious Cleveland Browns that you boys caught. If any of the bits of that he's he's enjoyed, or just enjoyed the thought of me being happy, because that's obviously what he's lived your Sundays for. He's just trying to think of Brian inside his house being happy with himself. It just means less. Uh, message. That sounds weird. Yeah. It just means less messages in the WhatsApp group because you're not complaining as much. I think that's all it summarizes. <laughs> <with it. laughs> yeah, it's worth, it's worth, worth uh, this is like a dear listener. Uh, it's worth noting that I do dominate about 95% of the messages in our group chat uh, on Sundays with running commentary of all things Cleveland and my displeasure normally at what's going on. Um, so, uh, I was going to say, this is a nice weekend because I think we've, um, the Bears were real kicking boys for, for us earlier on in the season and they, they didn't come away with the win but I, I think um, they, they have clawed back a lot of respect uh, over the, the last couple of weeks and um, yeah could, could have stolen it but in the end it was a big win for the, the Browns they, they, they're, they're almost the definition of a fun and frisky team because they, they, they do you just never know you're going to get out of them because then you see just these Okay, there weren't too many. The weather wasn't great in Cleveland either. Um, and there wasn't a lot of like big, crazy plays. Both defences were, were pretty on top throughout. 
Um, but they are a team that's got a kind of crazy play in them, which is always entertaining. Um, so what about any of the other games of the weekend, chaps? What are some of the big bits that you've enjoyed across the league? I'll say the Rams 28, Commanders 20, and it's Cooper Cup starting to do Cooper Cup things again. Does it get anything to do with the fact that you have him in fantasy, Kev? Or is it a combination of that <laughs> and the Commanders uh, losing? Uh, well, I, do you know what? Fantasy is irrelevant to me. Thanks, Brian. I'm out for another year. Thanks, Dave. Oh, I wasn't even going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'm done with fantasy. Thanks. It's, I, I either need to either need to quit fantasy or quit this podcast. I can't keep doing both. So. <laughs> oh, it's a glorious, glorious game fantasy football. Um, yeah, the again that was for exactly as you say, Cooper Cup doing Cooper Cup things, um, and not even so much because he's yeah he put up 111 yards, 111 yards touchdown, great day out. Um, but again, the nature of some of the catches and some of the, the the kind of the yards after the catch, the working his way through tackles and all the rest, it was very yeah. reminiscent of a couple of years back when he lifted the triple crown, which was obviously an incredible year. Um, what about the rest of these boys? What, what things did we did we enjoy for around the league? Particularly those of you who had nothing to enjoy from football, uh, given your own misery. I suppose I was going to touch on uh, Laporta, uh, three touchdown games yes. for the Lions, another another solid on a solid week for him when is he now up and coming tight in one for, for the years to come we shall see um that was a, a kind of impressive win against like i suppose an on-form denver team i suppose if you want to call it that so yeah yeah and definitely particularly folks i remember waxing lyrical about this um a lot about the the optimism around the rookie tight ends coming into the year and it's not a position that is easy to come in and play. It's been, you know, from a from a rookie perspective, it's probably one of the harder positions in the in the game to come in because there's so many responsibilities. It's not just the receiver, it's not just blocking, it's not just running, it's, there's a lot going on. And yeah, he's absolutely smashing it. Oh yeah, unless he sat on uh what for the year, nine touchdowns for the year, uh 758 yards, which you know, rookie tight ends, it's absolutely respectable, really incredibly good numbers. Uh, yeah, stuff you, you love to see a wee bit of it. It's a new player coming out of the league as well. It's always nice seeing new faces that you can kind of grow to get exceptionally upset at your friends about when they snipe you in a fantasy draft and steal them ahead of you from one turn. Uh, what about Shaney Gavin themselves? Any big bits for any of the other games that you, you particularly enjoyed this week? I don't know about enjoy, but I've got to say, um, it looked like we were in, in danger of getting a tie in Nashville. Uh, <laughs> Yesterday with the, the Texans and the, the Titans, that looked like a game that nobody really wanted to, to win uh, for a long time. Uh, and uh, eventually the, the Texans grabbed a, a critical field goal um, just with, with seconds left in overtime. After, um, it should be said, Singletary uh, had a, a touchdown called, what he thought was a game-winning touchdown. I think the, the final graphic had even popped up on the screen, uh, called back for a, for a holding penalty. But um, I, I guess, you know, that's a, a Texans team that was without Stroud. Tank Dell's obviously out. Nico Collins was out. Um, and, um, I, I mean, it wasn't pretty, but, you know, it was next man up. So, uh, you know, I think uh, Noah Brown uh, was your, your leading target. Dalton Schultz uh, had a had a big game, big catch um, there. So uh, Texans, you know, I think they are 
uh, our uh, fun and frisky number one team <laughs> on, on the, the, the Gridiron crew. They're alive and well. And the, the other thing is um, they're on the same records as the Jags now. Yep. Both eight that, and six. That tile division is wide. Well, not tile division. <laughs> the, 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 the top of the division is wide open. Um, was it not in this game? Now, this is not somebody can correct me. Was it not in this game where somebody was running in with the ball, touchdown secure as far as they were concerned, and the ball out to the side, and it got batted out of their hand on like, the, the half-yard line? This is when I I'm now trying to desperately remember what game this I happened in. I think that was Bucks-Packers. Yeah, was it was Bucks-Packers. But it still uh, counted. It's still a touchdown. Yeah. Don't remind me, Brian. Thanks. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry, uh, but yeah, you need to love it. Uh, you need to love Case Keenum appearing from nowhere to put up a perfectly respectable game. Do you why guys like Case Keenum and, and some of the other kind of more veteran backups are still kicking about the league because they can kind of step in with relatively little prep time and kind of and step up. Jenny, what were you around, to round this off with this segment, mate? What was your kind of other game of the weekend that you you just do a wee bit, a wee bit of joy, a wee bit of pleasure? None. He hated all of it. He was so simmered from watching his beloved Vikings lose. <laughs> it was no joy for him to take. That and he's somebody else that's lost to me or losing this week to me in fantasy as well. It's not just Kev. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll save Shady's blushes. Uh, right, okay. Um, we are going to move on. Uh, our last kind of couple of bits, so just try to represent or res- show a bit of respect to some of the individual talent on show over the course of the week. Uh, so our nominations for our cruise missiles, uh, who we think crushed it, and Kev is going to tell us all about who balled out this weekend and what his big player of the week was. Um, cruise missile nomination, guys. I'm going to uh, again. I'm shamelessly sneaking in early before somebody steals this one out from under me. Uh, right at the start of the Miami game, we had a mega touchdown. Everybody was so worried going into this game. There was no cheater. We've got no Tyreek. So is that going to mean that the the Dolphins have got nothing on offense. They're going to be left wanting. Well, when you have a penguin, it doesn't matter if the <laughs> the cheetah's not there. So massive touchdown to to Waddle. I'm just trying to find the yardage of it, but it was blooming huge. Um, yeah, sixty yards, huge play for the third, their third touch. No, sorry, not a third touchdown. Their second touchdown on the day. Uh, 60 yards, absolute bomb. Found Waddle wide open, nobody anywhere near him. So that is my my, my shout for a uh, cruise missile of the week. Uh, Shane, I let you slip out of the last bit because you looked all sad. Uh, what about this? Who was your uh, your cruise missile of the week? Who's your big touchdown strike that you just loved watching? Baker Mayfield. Come on, 381 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and. That first touchdown to Mike Evans was an absolute bullet, and that just set him up. It just it oozed confidence for the rest of that game. He absolutely nailed it. Yeah, and he's as so as a, a unashamed Baker lover, he is a hundred percent a confidence player. You got a confident Baker, and he can achieve scary things. I uh, brilliant shout, Baker Evans. Uh, Kev, what yourself? Who's your, your nomination for your cruise missile of the week? You know, uh, I, I, I told you guys earlier, I made the mistake of having a few beers watching Red Zone. Um, and I recall, I recall like really enjoying quite a few throws um, that I saw this week, but struggling to remember who, who was doing the throwing and who was doing the catching. So I would, 
I will say that Cooper Cup, um, 70-odd yard touchdown, I'm, I'm going to go with that one. Okay, <laughs> I like the idea of that. I, I was mildly inebriated <laughs> and enjoyed many throws. <laughs> I found it difficult to choose. <laughs> uh, Gav, cover to you, mate, your throws missile. Do you know what? Actually, I, I think I'm going to give Kev a wee bit of credit because obviously he's been remembering all the right things because for, for me, that, that Cooper Cup strike from, from Stafford, I think it came in 62 yards down the, the left sideline. It was an absolute bullet. And yeah, that's also my cruise missile of the week. Uh, two for the, the Stafford Cup connection. Rounding it out, Liam, what was your, your cruise missile candidate? I'm I'm going to give give you credit here, Brian, for your team. Cooper's Cooper's catch and run down the down the sideline, tiptoe like tight roping all the way down. It was a awesome throw from uh, Flacco. Um just precise yeah. action and then obviously also a lot of yards after the catch, but it was a very nice touchdown touchdown conversion. I, I genuinely think that tight open was Cooper still being bitter about the one from earlier in the season when he was really <laughs> stepped out and he didn't. And they get the whistle blown on him. It was yeah. furious. Uh, so he made he made absolutely certain that he was there. Right. Okay. So from, from that to our nomination for players who crushed it. And you know what? I'm going to open the floor on this and say who wants the low hanging fruit? Who wants... I'm going to share this nomination because I'm going to agree with it. But who wants to take the low-hanging fruit for the week of if this person, particularly if they were on your fantasy team, uh, they likely helped you? <coughs> who is our, our player for big crusher of the week? I'll take him then. Go for it. CMC. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll take him. CMC this week. It's, he's something else. When CMC is fit, is almost unplayable. It's devastating how good he is. Receiving and running, it's just frightening. Even when uh, he goes like, out on knee and comes back in, he's he's still yeah. devastating. Yeah, even banged up. Uh, now I'm going to Shane. I'm going to come to you last. I know yours isn't so a wee bit interesting. So it's a bit different from what we were uh, what we would normally do with this bit. Um, so uh, Liam, what about yourself, mate? Well, he didn't have high uh, running yards overall, but I got a shout out to Mozart for um, his two touchdown game. And now given the singles, I think he's got the single season record for touchdowns for Miami now. So I suppose he needs a, a nice pat on the back. Well well done to that. Um he's been kinda of awesome all season, hasn't he? So see so yeah. Another two touchdown game. And I put him on my bench in fantasy. Uh right, Gav, coming to you, mate. Who who crushed it for yourself? Ah, well, I think maybe go for an alternative view here. Um the success of the Lions seems to live and die by this guy. Uh, Jared Goff, five TDs, no interceptions. He was your also your fantasy QB1 of the, the week uh, with one game to play, admittedly, Kev. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think we give the guy a kick in when the, the Lions lose. And uh, yeah, Seth certainly got him back to form this week. Yeah, you can't argue with that. And Shane, to, to round this off before we hand over to Kev, but he's, uh, he's balled out of the week. Who is your shout for who crushed it this week? I was going to go with the uh, the Raiders defensive unit just yeah. as a whole. Okay, they conceded a bunch of points and I've probably got Jack Jones tinted goggles on, but it was so pretty. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, well, they had another fumble recovery as well running for a touchdown, didn't they? Yeah. Um, They're going to be flying high after that. I enjoyed it. Brought a smile on my face. They they absolutely balled out. 
Yeah, that was everything. The, the Jack Jones pick was just was right. It was so good. Uh, right, okay, Kev. Uh, over to you. Two balled out this week. Yeah. So one of one of the one of the many plays that I enjoyed this weekend that I still remember um, after I woke <laughs> up and sobered up um, was <laughs> was the the touchdown that was um, thrown to Devontae Adams by Jacoby Myers um, in that um, game that I covered. So uh, a little trick play, which I always enjoy seeing. Um, uh, the ball was um, handed off to, to Myers, who then turned and, and chucked it into the end zone for uh, for Devon A. Smith. So that that was that was my uh, balled out of the week. As a, as a belt, I love a trick play. Like it's one of the things about the league that's just fantastic when it's when all of a sudden you've just got random players lining up in odd places. You know, right? <laughs> What's exactly going to happen? We tried it once actually with Flacco and no one bought it. <laughs> we lined Flacco up <laughs> once wide receiver and funny enough, no one believed it was a reasonable choice. <laughs> um, right. Okay. Thank you very much, guys. Right. Um, before we actually wrap up, as always, it is time for our statistic of the week. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to chuck a bit of love uh, Kevin Stefanski's with, with this one. So, the Browns are sat at 9-5. We have got a really serious shout of winning the AFC North, and it has been well documented um, that we're on our fourth quarterback of the year, which is an absolutely outrageously challenging thing for any team to have to deal with. But statistic of the week is not just to do with the quarterback being out. 26% of the Browns' salary cap is currently on IR. That is how extensive the injury list in Cleveland is. And this isn't even one where it's really heavily shaded by Watson being out and obviously his contract. Because this year is the last year of his contract being kind of reasonable. Uh, next year's when it becomes the ridiculous 60 million hit or something like that in the cap. I can't remember what it is. Um, so yeah, there's your statistic of the week. Even with 26% of the salary cap sat on IR, Cleveland Browns have still managed to make it to nine and five, and Stefanski better be my shout for Coach of the Year. <laughs> I, 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 do you know what? I actually believe it. That's the scariest thing. I'm not even at the wind up now. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that is going to bring a review of all things Week 15 to a close. Now, despite the small matter of the Eagles taking on the Seattle Seahawks tonight, uh, that is where we are going to call it this evening. Now, remember the oh. As I meant to say, the preview crew, sadly, they were 100% on IR last week. Um, so they are we're very sorry that we didn't have a preview crew for these folks, but you're set up for all things week 16 will begin on Thursday with the refreshed and healed preview crew ready to get you rolling into the festive season. Now, remember, you can keep in touch with the crew uh, you find us on X at Grid Iron Crew. We are on Insta, Grid underscore Iron underscore Crew. Stick Grid Iron Crew into YouTube, stick it into threads, wherever you get your podcasts from, you can find us there. All that remains for me is to say to the guys, thank you very much. Shane, it has been far too long since we've had you on, sir. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Thank you for going easy on me. Yay. Um, Kev, as always, a pleasure, sir. And who knows? What, do you know what, Kev? One special for you as we're signing off. Score prediction for the evening. I'm, I'm going to go for a blowout Eagles win for a change. Um, let's let's go 42-17. Jeez, that is a blowout. Right, there you go. Get, get yourselves out of the bookies, folks. Kev's called it. 
Uh, Gav, thank you very much for joining us tonight, mate. Good to be back. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, team. Uh, and Liam, rounding us off for the evening, sir. Pleasure to have you on again, mate. Indeed, always, always a pleasure to chat. Always good to chat football. And from me, Conscience of Cleveland, we will catch you all next week for a review of all things week 16.